check out my new book, Coping Courageously, a heart-centered guide for navigating a loved one's illness without losing yourself. It's appropriate for you as a clinician, for your patients, and for anyone you know who has a seriously ill loved one or an aging parent. Check it out and tell a friend. Welcome to the Integrative Palliative Podcast. I'm Dr. Delia Caramonti. This podcast is for physicians who take care of patients with serious illnesses like cancer, dementia, advanced renal, cardiac, or neurologic disease. We are all about patient and family well-being, but also medical team and physician well-being. You'll learn things to help you heal your patients and yourself, and I am really glad you're here. Let's get started. Welcome to the Integrative Palliative Podcast. This is Dr. Delia Caramonti, and I am so glad you're here. Today, we're going to talk about a Facebook post that I saw. It was in a physician group, and one of the physicians was saying, everybody seems so entitled now. Why do patients always seem so entitled? It's so frustrating. I work so hard, and nobody seems to appreciate it. And I get it. It's a mess now. Practicing medicine is tough, but I wanted to address that issue of people seeming entitled because I don't think it's as simple as it sounds. And I think there is a really easy and intentional way to deal with it when you feel that way, because if we perceive the patients as being entitled, then we're not bringing our best self, makes the patient bring their not best self, and the doctor-patient relationship gets fractured. And then that's not good for the patients, but also it's not good for us because when we don't get the juice from helping people, then we don't like our jobs as much. So I came up with five ways to approach when you get a sense that you're seeing someone who you're perceiving as being entitled. So I think the thing that's important to start with is that all of us, everybody, when we're stressed out, we are not at our best. Let's just say that for sure. Like when we are stressed out, we are not at our best. And we've been in a pandemic for a couple of years now. Nobody's at their best. Everybody's tired. Everybody's stressed out. So no surprise that all of us in this world are being more annoyed by each other just because everyone's stressed out and none of us are at our best. So when you see a patient and your sense is, oh my God, they came with their Dr. Google papers and they're telling me what to do or they're not listening to me or, you know, they're being unreasonable in their request. Don't they realize how behind I am, how tired I am, how calling back after hours for 30 messages is all free work that comes out of my home time, that sort of thing. So five ways to approach this, five things that we can do. And the first thing is to calm our own amygdala, right? So like when we feel stressed, when we feel threatened, when we feel like people don't appreciate us or they're mad at us or they're not being nice to us, our amygdala gets activated. So our stress response goes up and we get tense And then it does change the way our brain perceives things. When our amygdala is activated and our sympathetic nervous system is activated, we perceive things as a threat. So we're much more likely to be agitated ourselves. And of course, when we're agitated, the patient's more likely to get agitated. If the patient requests something, we feel like, oh, they're being entitled. And then we respond from our stress response the patient's more likely to dig in too. And now our doctor-patient relationship is going down the tubes. So the first thing is to calm our own amygdala, our own stress response. And everybody has different ways to do that. And there are obviously our, our other podcasts where we'll talk about that specifically. But the kinds of things that we can do include take three deep breaths. 
Some people rub their fingertips together and focus on that for just a few minutes. Some people might look out the window for a second. Some people might say a prayer in their mind. There's all kinds of ways that we can chill ourselves out a little bit. Even if you need to leave the room for a minute, go to the bathroom, throw some water on your face and take a few deep breaths. But it's important for us to intentionally calm our own stress response. Because if we don't do that, this relationship is not going to get better. It only will stay the same or get worse. Okay, so that's number one, calm our own amygdala. Number two is to make the person feel heard. And that's because when people don't feel heard, they dig in way harder. And they're more likely to say, no, you have to do it my way. And this other doctor told me this thing. And here's this thing that I read about. And you don't know what you're talking about. People are more likely to calm down and be engaged with us in a pleasant way if they feel heard. So rather than right away going to, no, we can't do that, that's not going to work, you know, I'm not going to look at those papers you got from Google, instead of that, do a little reflective listening, like give them a minute, it doesn't have to take 10 minutes, just give them a minute or two, like, okay, tell me more about what you're thinking about that, tell me more. So what I hear you saying is, when your cousin had this thing, their doctor did that treatment, and you feel like you want to consider that for yourself. Did I get that right? So reflective listening, where you just repeat back to the person what they said, and then check in, did I get that right, is so powerful. Because when people feel heard, they calm way down. And when they calm down, you calm down, you can have a much more pleasant and engaging conversation. So number one, calm your amygdala. Number two, make the patient feel heard. Number three is seek to understand what they're saying, like really listen to them. Even if you're right in your mind thinking like, no, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think they understand. I think they're taking advantage. Just spend a minute and try to understand. So what is it that's causing their concern? What is behind their actions? What can you do to help? And the kind of examples that this makes me think about is when my kids were teenagers, sometimes they would be really prickly, (laughs) you know, like really prickly and say mean things to me. And if I just engaged at the level of the mean thing, we could have a whole nasty kind of fight that would last the whole day or longer. But sometimes I could say, hey, I'm going to bring you a snack, okay? And if I had asked, are you hungry? They would have said no. But I would just would realize, you know what I think is behind this action right now? I think this person is hungry. I think my my daughter is hungry. So I would just bring food and leave it there. And, you know, in 15 minutes, they're a whole lot better. So that's what I mean by seek to understand. Like try to figure out, did this person just get a bad diagnosis? Do they feel like that we're being racially insensitive? Do they feel like they're not going to be able to afford the treatment? Are they getting divorced? Like, Try to understand why. Probably they're not a jerk. Probably they're doing their best and there may be something underneath that is causing them to act in a difficult way. And we want to seek to understand so that we can help. So number four is to empathize out loud. And one of the easiest ways to do that is with an I wish statement. So I wish that that surgery were available to you. I hear you. I really do hear you're frustrated that, you know, nobody got back to you about that thing that you called about. I wish we had, you know, more staff to get back to you quicker, but we're on the phone now and I really want to hear what's happening for you. So I wish statements. I wish things had been different. I wish you didn't have to go through this. I wish that there was a treatment for the diagnosis that you have. I really do. I wish that there were. So 
empathize with them, really, like don't fake it, obviously, really try to empathize with them. I wish that it were different statement. And number five, agree on a small action step. So whatever they're concerned about, you probably can't fix the whole thing. But maybe there's one thing that you could do. And particularly now that you've calmed yourself, you've made them feel heard, you've really sought to understand if there's something underneath what's making the patient feel upset or agitated, you've empathized out loud and maybe used an I wish statement. So they are likely calmer than they were before. And so now you might be able to agree on a small action step, like how about we'll make an appointment for a televisit tomorrow so that we can spend more time talking about this thing? Or how about I will send an email to your cardiologist and we can start talking about whether that surgery is going to be safe for you or whatever. So not a huge thing. You're not going to promise to solve all the problems. But can you agree on a small action step so that the person feels like you are doing something to fulfill their concern? Okay, so five steps. If you feel like the patient that you're with is agitated or entitled or not being fair to you, remember, we're all stressed and no one's at their best when they're stressed. And here are five things that you can do that can help make this a positive doctor-patient interaction instead of a negative one. Number one, you're going to calm your own amygdala with your tools. Number two, you're going to make the patient feel heard, maybe with reflective listening, meaning I hear what you're saying is this, does that sound right? Number three, you're going to seek to understand what is behind their concern. Is there something underneath it? Is there some worry that they have? Is there some other thing that's adding to this difficult stance that they're taking with you? Number four, you're going to empathize out loud and maybe use an I wish statement. I wish this weren't happening for you. I wish things were different. And number five, you're going to agree on a small action step, not one that's going to make you feel overwhelmed, a small action step, even if it's like, how about I call you tomorrow? Or how about you write down an email with all of your concerns and I'll promise to read it tomorrow? Or how about I'll have the staff call you tomorrow to schedule that test? Something small that you can really do that makes the person feel like you heard them and you're going to take action on their behalf. Okay, so your homework this week is to try this. And I would say the person doesn't have to be particularly agitated. Try it with anybody, any patient that you see who seems a little upset. Calm your amygdala, make them feel heard, seek to understand them, empathize out loud with an I wish statement and agree on a small action. And if all your patients are so fabulously happy that you can't even find anybody to practice this with, then practice it with your kids or your spouse or a friend or a colleague who seems agitated. This works for everybody. All right, try it. Let me know how it goes. Send me an email. My website is www.integrativepalliative.com. You can contact me through there. If it doesn't work, tell me. If it does work, tell me. And please, please let somebody else, another physician, know about this podcast. I really want to spread the word, and you are the one who can help me do it. Thank you so much, and I will see you next Thursday. Thank you so much for listening to the Integrative Palliative Podcast brought to you by the Institute for Integrative Palliative Medicine. If you find value in this podcast, please do two things for me. 
Number one, share with a colleague. This is how we spread the word and I really need your help. And number two, please do leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It would really mean the world to me. You can find me at integrativepalliative.com and also on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. Come find me, reach out, send me an email and come check out on the website, our upcoming physician training programs. It's been great to have you here and I'll see you next Thursday.